Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation. Daniel chapter 3. Did you find the book of Daniel? Daniel chapter 3, the 17th verse. Now, I'm going to pick up there because you understand that King Nebuchadnezzar had issued a decree. He had created a 90-foot-high gold statue and demanded that everyone worship this humanistic piece of, of gold. And he made such a demand that said that if you don't worship it, then there are consequences for you not worshiping it, which was that they would be tossed into the fiery furnace. We, we know the story. But in the 17th verse, we run across those three young men who refused to be compliant. In fact, pick up at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They were the only ones that would not bow down in worship. Thus they had been summoned to the king's presence, and the king is demanding of them a response as to why they would refuse to comply. The Bible says in verse 17, these three young men says, If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand. Can you imagine the arrogance of these young boys standing in the presence of a king who has taken over with Babylonian authority the children of Israel, They had invaded the land. They had taken over everything. And here are three young men that said, look, I don't care who you are. (laughs) Doesn't matter to me your power or your influence. Our God, our God will deliver us. He's just an interesting statement. Our God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 18. They're not backpedaling any. They're just letting you know how committed they are. It says, but if not, I don't know that I'd have added that, but sometimes you just got to say, if. It says, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. Nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. The next verse says that King Nebuchadnezzar was furious. How many know he was? Uh Look at verse 25. Verse 25. The three boys had been tossed into the fiery furnace that had been heated seven times hotter. In fact, the scripture says it was so hot that the king's servants that did the tossing burned up. I mean, no, that was not a job you planned to get burned up on. Sometimes if you follow the wrong folks, you burn and die. Whole another sermon for another day. Verse 25, Nebuchadnezzar has a, a window into this furnace, and he looks in and answered. He said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. (laughs) Can you imagine the king's... He looks in at his vantage point and he says, One, two, three. 
and then looks and says, how many did we throw in? Well, we threw three in. He said, we got a problem because my mouth has counted four men. And he has the revelation that not only are there three men loose in the fire, the fourth man is as of the Son of God. I wonder how that king felt about that revelation. Verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Now you want them out, you just threw them in. Come out. Not only come out, but come here. He was so angry he threw them in because of their non-compliance and non-conformist ways. He was so angry he threw them in, but when he got a picture of who was in the fire with him, he said, come on out. Better yet, don't only come on out, come on over here so I can get a look at this. Because I've never seen it like this before. I'm pretty confident he's thrown others in the, in the furnace before. I mean, why have it if you're not going to use it? Why threaten people if you're not planning to follow through? The Bible says he calls them over. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they came in the midst of the fire. It says, look, he calls them over. He said, look, I, I, I don't understand this. Verse 27 is where I need to get to. It says, and the princes and the administrators and the governors and the king's council, council gathered together. Everybody, the who's who's and the VIPs of Babylon had showed up. And the king's councils, all of them had got together. And they saw these men on whom the bodies, the fire, had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. That's a good Sunday school lesson. But it's not just restricted for your Sunday school class, or for the toddlers, or for the elementary. There's a revelation in here that I'm about to lay out for you that will absolutely help you live a life of victory. Because I've read this story. I mean, he's read this story numerous times. We've got some experience with it. Come on, y'all be real. And I've read it, and I've looked at their endurance, and I've looked at their commitment, and I've looked at their confessions, and I've looked at their faithfulness, and I've read it, and I've looked at it, and I've read it, and I've looked at it. And, and how many know... I still got questions about this entire narrative. I have questions. I want to simplify one of my questions for you. One of my questions is, where did these three boys get this kind of tenacity? What had these boys tapped into, been exposed to? What had they encountered that gave them that kind of unique confidence when everybody else was bowing and bending to Nebuchadnezzar and by the thousands, when the trumpets and the music and the, the harps were played, by the thousands people were bending and bowing to worship that idol statue, but yet there was solitude in three men. What did they have? Because I'm living in a land that wants me to bend and bow. I'm living in a land of humanistic values that wants me to bend and bow and want me to worship what is not Jehovah God. I need to know how to be solitude. I need to know how to stand. I need to know how to have faith and courage in God when the world wants me to bend and bow and worship what's not God. 
Somebody say, well, please tell me what it is because I need me some of that. Touch your neighbor and say, you need some of that. Come on, touch the one with the attitude and say, you need some of that. You know how interesting it is when I say that? Y'all touching the same people again. <laughs> I watch y'all. I'll be like, touch the one with the attitude and say it, and you'll be like, I just did, but I'm going to tell them because I know they had the attitude. When you look at these three Hebrew boys and you look at that courageous tenacity in their spirit, I want to get a hold of some of that. I want to be a part of that kind of church. I, I want to be a part of those who do not bend or bow. I want to be a part of those that do not get burned up in life or burned up by the situations of life. I want to be the one that is willing to go through the test, willing to go through the trial, willing to go through the pain, and come out the other side. And those that thought they had me pinned down and had me diagnosed has to testify, your God's greater than my affliction. Your God's greater than the pain I put upon you. Come on, somebody. See, I looked at this and I thought, you know what? And I asked, is that a safe question to ask? What is it that these boys had that we need to discover? And so I began to research it, and here's what I discovered. If you go back, and we're not going there because time prohibits it, but if you go back to 2 Kings, the 22nd and the 23rd chapter, Israel at that time had become so corrupt and so perverse, that God raised up a new king by the name of Josiah. Josiah was the youngest king in the history of Israel. He was eight years old. Josiah was eight years old. God raised him up as, a, as an ambassador of righteousness. And the first thing Josiah did was as a king, he went back into the temple and he began to clear out the clutter. Because the temple had become full of disarray. It had been full of the mockery. And, and they had allowed things to, to get in the church, if you can use the expression. They had allowed stuff to get in front of God. And the Bible says that the first thing he does is he cleans out the temple that Solomon had built. And when he cleaned out the temple, he discovered hidden over in the corner a scroll. A scroll is... The word. And, and, and when he discovered he brought it out and they opened it up and realized it was the mandate of God. It's amazing that if you clean out the church, you might actually find the word of God again. You get rid of all the humanism and the entertainment and the, 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 the popularity of pleasing people. You might actually rediscover something that can change the world, being the word of God. And so the, Josiah found the word. But he couldn't find the word till he cleaned out the temple. So when he cleaned out the temple, he took the word of God, the scrolls, and he began to read them. And they began to reinstate the word of God as the principle of the nation to live by. And if you study this out, out of that movement of Josiah, for 31 years he reigned. Now I'm not a math major. But he was 8 years old when he took over. He reigned for 31 years. That to me equals 39. 39 is the number of healing. Oh, that's right, New Testament. Jesus took 39 on his back for, 
creates the number of new beginnings, but you put the number of new beginnings with a renewed temple and a renewed word, you can get healing. Here I come, here I come. And so when you take eight years plus 31 years, you get 39 years, what has happened in the nation of Israel is a national revival. The temple has worship in it. The word of God has been reinstated. The people are finding themselves in alignment with God, obeying God, and doing what God asked them to do. Guess who came out of that revival? Shadrach, Meshach. That generation that's standing right now in front of King Nebuchadnezzar came out of a spirit of revival. They came out of the power of revival. They came out of a worshiping church. They came out of a church where the Word of God had preeminent power. You want to know why they wouldn't bow? Because they came out of the fire of revival. You want to know why they wouldn't bend their knee? Because they come out of the fire of revival. You want to know what galvanized them? You know what gave them the strength? They'd been in the fire of God. They'd been in the revival presence of God. We can't change anything until there's a fire of revival. See, I don't think we, we use the term revival. I'm not talking about spring and fall. Five years, we've never had an organized revival. So, well, Pastor, you've got to have revival. It ought to be something that is perpetuated every service and not in the spring or the fall or in the calendar. I'm going to irritate somebody that's listening right now, but that's all right. Because, see, you're trying to program God. God says you can't put me in that. God's intentional. He wants to be intentional every time we gather, every time we assemble. It's not a special time. Every time we assemble is special. Somebody said, well, we've got to have a special evangelist. Not if you put worship in the temple. And not if you pull the Word of God out of obscurity and start preaching it like it's the B-I-B-L-E and stop acting like it's a suggestion box and preach it like it's a prophetic utterance from God. You can have a revival without all the other things. Glory to God. See, I don't want you to bend and I don't want you to bow, but I'm afraid you will because you haven't been subject to the fire of revival. Because if you've not been in the fire of revival, you will fall to the peer pressure of humanism. If you haven't been galvanized with the Word and touched by the Spirit and been in the presence of God where you have been resurrected in your spirit. See, we've got a whole generation of young people who are having it very difficult to stand against the tests and the trials of the fire. Because they haven't been in the revival fire, they find themselves dealing with Nebuchadnezzar's fire. I don't want to pray my kids out of the fiery pit of Nebuchadnezzar. I want to pray them into the fire of revival. You choose. I choose to preach so that they encounter the fire now so that they don't have to worry about bending and bowing later. There's a thought for you. Because, see, when you look at, at these three young men, they had been in the presence and the glory of God. And, see, they had a road map for right. We've got a generation right now, they don't have a road map for right. Because it's based on a, an image. 
They don't have a road map for righteous living or purity. They don't have role models for that. What they have now is a secular humanistic idolatry. You set your kid in front of anything in this culture, and it does not produce biblical values. That's why these, these individuals of this next generation are so subject to giving up their virtue. Because they want attention. Don't shout me down now. They'll sell out virtue for attention to be liked. Your virtue, ladies, is not compromisable. It's not open for debate. Fellas, your, your virginity is not open. Oh, go, go, God, here we go. Your virginity is not a subject of negotiation. Your virginity is not based on whether you have a condom or don't. <laughs> Good night. I am. I'm going to say it longer and louder. The reason we've got a generation of young people that are troubled, ill-advised, ill-prepared, is because we've allowed the church to be cluttered for worship to dissipate and the word to be replaced with some secular humanistic puppets in the pulpit. And we need the power of the prophetic edge back in the house of God. And I'm not going to make your teenager happy, but if they get married a virgin, you'll be smiling at their wedding day as opposed to walking them through some of the shames of ill-advised decisions. I heard heaven go, oh boy. You're right. (laughs) See, here's my thing. If you have submitted yourself to the fires of revival, it'll change the way you walk. If you have submitted yourself to the fires of revival, you will walk with righteousness regardless of who demands you bend and bow. When you have submitted yourself to walking in the fire of God, the presence of God, and the power of God, you're not willing to bend a knee to something that does not have your attention. I'm tired of watching a whole generation of young people bow their knees to the secular humanistic stuff that has no ability to capsulize the glory of a kingdom. In fact, all it is is nothing more than a Nebuchadnezzar idol. It's nothing more than somebody with a microphone and a shake. And I'm sick and tired of the seducing spirits destroying a generation that needs the fire of God. And we better put it back in the house so that they know how not to bend and not to bow. Anybody with me in this house? You say, well, I don't know if we can be a revival center or not. Can if you want to be. If you're willing to let it change your walk and change your talk, because obviously these boys have got a hold of something that changed the way they walked, changed the way they talked. Am I right about it? They made a confession, not an illusion of feelings. They said, look, our God, our God will take care of this, O king. If that offends you, deal with it. We ain't changing our mind. Man, would you like to have a group of people with that kind of values? I mean, I mean I'm talking about your group, Tori, that this is, you know what, we got values and we're not subject to even compromising them. You don't like what you like, what you, what you got right here. I'm sorry, just step off because I can't deal with you. 
I'm not changing values for you. I'm not changing virtues for you. I've been in the fire too long. I've seen the presence of his glory. I have exchanged my sin for his glory, and I am not about ready to become toxified with the pleasing nature of the world. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I, I just, just give me a couple minutes, okay? There's no way I can cover all this, but I've got I to gotta do a little something-something right here. Y'all stay with me, okay? Because, see, obviously there was something so resolute within them that they spoke out against King, King Nebuchadnezzar. They never begged for their life. Now, I want that kind of a spirit, don't you? I want that kind of spirit that I'm not even have to beg for nothing. Like, look, if God does it, wonderful. If he don't, hey, he knows my heart, and I'm going out of here with my boots on. Uh-huh. Bible says that when they threw them in, how many know if it, this is, because I talked to you last week about being God, being so intentional. How many know if it was so hot that the men that were throwing them in were consumed? These three boys had done burned up before they ever fell in. Come on, use your logic. Some of you are analytical, use it. If the men that were carrying them up there to drop them in were consumed because of the heat, how many know that, that the heat that consumed them was certainly going to consume them who was... So I like the heat. I like the heat. I'm not, I'm not opposed to heat. Heat brings out the impurities. Heat brings out all the things that you don't need. So when they get to the top, the heat's so hot, it consumes them, but the three Hebrew boys doesn't affect them. And they fall into a furnace, and then the Scripture says something here, and it troubled me. Because Nebuchadnezzar looks, and he sees the three, and he sees the fourth, and then the, all the administrators, and the governors, and the princes, and the counselors, and all them folks show up. And, and, and they testify that the flames had no power. The fire had no power. The Bible says the hair of their head was not even singed. Their garments was not affected. And they didn't even smell like they'd ever been in a fire. Now, is that interesting to you? The Lord spoke to me. Very simply. You know, I tell you all the time, God got to speak elementary to me. They come out of the furnace. Their clothes are not burnt. The only thing that burned off was the thing that bound them. Notice Nebuchadnezzar didn't talk about the fact that the things he strapped them up with, the thing he did burned. Their garments didn't burn. Hair on their head, not even sensed. And the Bible says they did not even smell like smoke. Or like they'd been in a fire. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. You're not immune, nor am I immune from fires. 
We're not immune from the revival fire of our spirit having to go through a test. Just because you've been in revival, just because you've been in the presence, just because you've been in the glory, does not make you immune from having to go through some fiery furnaces in your life. How many understand? Some of us, just because you've been in the environment, you've been in the encounter, and you've been in the presence, does not make you immune from having to go through the fiery furnace. Okay? Here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, we have a generation of people who have been in the revival fire. They've come through the revival fire. They've went through fires in their life, tests in their life, furnaces in their life. He said, and the fire didn't burn their hair, didn't burn their garments. He said, but they still testify of smoke by the smell. Now, now listen to me for a moment. Just because you go through some furnaces doesn't mean you have to smell like you've been in it. Maybe you've been through a divorce. That doesn't mean you have to smell like you've been through. Mm, somebody going to get this in a minute. Just because you went went through it doesn't mean two years later you still got to tell folk you smell like it. You may have stepped in it, but you ain't got to smell like it. See, I don't want a revival that has the smell of former defeat. I don't want my testimony to say I believe God, but I still smell like the smoke of my pain or my failure or my divorce or my failed this or my failed that. I want to come through it not smelling like what I've been through. Because when you understand that you can come through something and not have to smell like it, to me, that's the power of revival. To me, that's the power of Jehovah God. It's not that I haven't been through something, but I'm not going to allow the smell of what I've been through to remain on me. Because when I come out, I want them to know my God has not just brought me halfway out. Man, the Lord dealt with me real strong. He said, look, too many folks smell like what they've been through. Too many folks are smelling what, excuse me, there's a smell when you've been through some stuff. I want what those boys had. That when I come out of my furnace and I come out of my test and I come out of my trial, because they're going to happen, I'm going to have to walk through some fiery furnaces. But when I come out, I don't want to just shout because my hair hadn't been burned. I don't want to shout just because it didn't touch my garment. I want to shout because all that happened, plus I don't even smell like I ever went through it. Oh, glory to God. I don't even want to smell like I ever even went through it. In fact, I don't want you to even know my past because of my smell. Man, you've got to understand, I had my own shout on that because I thought, I ran it by Morris and I said, is that not a thought? Is that not a thought? That's just simple, I know. But see, the simple spoke to me and said, Ryan, you've been through some furnace. I'm like, yes, sir. And I know I ain't burned off this and I ain't burned off. But you know what? A lot of times I still smell like what I went through. 
and the real revival fire, I want to go through stuff and not smell the residue of what I went through. I don't mind testifying of what I went through, but I don't want you to smell me before I get to the room. Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation.